All right, welcome to our very first recorded podcast for the Dead Three Coaching Leadership and Development Podcast. We appreciate you listening to this. If uh, my name is George Evian, to begin with, um, we've had a Dead Three basketball uh, brand and program for a number of years now. We're transitioning that into a podcast format as well for some of the work that we do. And we'll be focusing on coaching, leadership, and development. Again, like I mentioned, this is episode number one. Um, if you have followed me or any of my social media in the past, you know that we've worked uh, on a podcast for the past number of years. Maybe we're closing in on five or so, although it's been a year or so that we've actually recorded uh, a podcast. Actually, I remember the date. I looked it up this morning. The last time we recorded a podcast was October of 21. So it's been, you know, what is that, 12 and four, somewhere around there. So about 16 or so months since we've recorded a podcast. We're rebranding this a little bit. If you want to go back and look and listen to our previous shows on our podcast, uh, it was called Out from the Cube for about 160 episodes. And then we transitioned to something more specific to the Midwest and to St. Louis. And that was called uh, Leading from the Arch. Uh, but in the in the short, long term, we've been working with a, our program here personally, something we put together, I put together uh, called Dead Three. Um, it is a basketball program here to the St. Louis area, and my children, uh, two sons and a daughter, have rolled through our basketball program, and it's been a nice thing for us to uh, work on coaching and leadership and the development of our children and the children in the community and area, and we've decided to stick with that brand and to now do a podcast where we're still talking about coaching, leadership, and development, not only for youth and for high school athletes, college athletes, and athletes in general, but also the entrepreneurial world, the business world, the leadership world, the coaching world, uh, the professional world is where we hope this intersects you. So this is not just a uh, podcast for uh, the youth and uh, things like that, although we hope there's value in there for them and for that audience. But we hope that the people that listen to Out From The Cube and listen to our Leading From The Arch program, that they would um, you know, see pretty much the same show, the same efforts and the same uh, conversations that we'll have here down the road. Uh, but people have asked me, I've reached out to uh, people about uh, this new podcast, this new format, um, although the format won't be much different. Uh, we'll be having guests on, we'll be talking about coaching and leadership and team development and personal development and entrepreneurship. And, um, you know, if you listen to any of my prior episodes, we worked with Joe Quinn, who was a very dear friend of mine who's in the entrepreneur world and the, what he went through to start up his own business, to get connected and to build his network and to, uh, you know, build that business. And for those that are interested, it's been 16 months since our last episode with Joe. Um, he's doing very well and, uh, and really excited about the progress he's made and with his own business. And so it's going really well for him, but people have asked me about the dead three. I'll, you know, this is episode one. So I guess we'll go into, maybe the name of it and what, what this is and what this is all about and why we're doing it and, and why we've spun this back up. Uh, but the phrase dead three, just for those that are interested, the phrase dead three is a coaching phrase. It's a basketball phrase. Um, it's a phrase uh, that I learned 25 plus years ago. Um, I was fortunate that I was like a student assistant coach me at the university of Utah when Rick Majerus was the coach there. Um, I, I didn't do much. It was a great opportunity for me. Um, I'm sure as we get through these podcasts, or if you've listened to prior podcasts, you know that story a little bit. Um, but I, essentially, I just spent three or three or so years there as much as I could, and really just took a lot of notes. But one thing, a phrase that he had 
in the basketball world was dead three. And essentially what that meant was um, anybody that was a great three point shooter was a dead three. It's a phrase that uh, we built a basketball program around here locally in the St. Louis area, but it is uh, a phrase that we actually use uh, with the coaching that we do. You know, we, we tell our team that you need to be a dead three or the teams that we work with that you need to be a dead three or who is a dead three. And essentially a dead three is somebody 40, 45% or better from the three point line. Somebody that is a, a great shooter from three, we'd say Steph Curry is a dead three, right? Or uh, Ray Allen is a dead three. Those, those, that type of phrasing around that word. So that was a phrase that we used. And um, we were driving around one day with uh, my, my sons and we were thinking of rebranding our basketball group at that time. And when we were thinking about doing that, we ended up, um, uh, I asked my son, we were just talking about dead threes and when it may have been a conversation for him, like, Hey, you've got to be a dead three and setting some goals around that and what that means and the work that you need to put in and how you become that, et cetera. Um, and he kind of looked at me and said, Hey dad, I, I really like that phrase for our basketball program. Um, and it, it was essentially that. And I was like, I kind of liked it too. And so we, you know, um, I'm technical in, in nature a little bit. And so we, you know, created a brand around that and created a, a team that we, um, you know, 50, 50 plus people at this point, maybe 60 plus uh, young athletes have gone through our basketball program. And again, here in the St. Louis area and have been a part of that uh, dead three brand. So, and then in thinking about the year of 2023, what that might be and, and the direction we might be going, um, we're going to we essentially just start with a podcast. Um, all these notes and these lessons that I'm learning and the people I'm talking with and the books I'm reading and the podcast that I am consuming it's a great opportunity for me to kind of take that content and put it out there for this audience, um, whomever that might be. It might be my buddies. It might be, um, you know, people in the St. Louis area. It might be people just connected with basketball and athletics, or it might be the, the other audience that I'm trying to attract is the entrepreneur, business, coaching, leadership, and development world um, out there. So it'll, it'll get very, uh, you know, the, the, I'm an agile coach, uh, agile software development. So I spend a lot of my time working and coaching with professional software teams on building software and getting software out the door. So there's definitely that niche in there as well. But um, hopefully that intersects you, you know, the, the, um, the leading of people and the development of people and the development of process and uh, setting goals and achieving those goals and being accountable to those goals and finding people you trust uh, uh, to hold you accountable to those um, uh, to those initiatives that you might have. So um, that's, you know, that's what dead three coaching leadership and development is going to be. Um, you know, we may, you know, pivot a little bit as we kind of do this. So episode one, um, you know, we are also out there speaking um, to groups. I, I speak a fair amount to, you know, local athletic teams and groups also professionally at different conferences and things of that nature, definitely in the agile space as it relates to software development. Um, you know, I've, uh, have a friend that has reached out to me about speaking to his, uh, business executive team, but also his sales and leadership team. Um, so I do a fair amount of that or hope to in 2023. So it's a matter of kind of putting myself out there. Uh, the things I'm encouraging my, my family, my children, um, but also the, the teams that I work with about putting yourself out there and reaching for your goals and dreams and ambitions and being accountable to those and finding people to hold you accountable to those. Um, ideally, I should be doing the same thing I'm asking of, you know, of my children, of uh, people I'm coaching, mentoring, and um, connecting with, 
and conversations I'm having with people in the business world. So that would be our hope. And that's what we're going to kind of start with. So I know that's uh, however many minutes we are into this, um, but I want to start with the conversation that we had yesterday. I do have notes here in front of me of content that I was um, consuming today. And I'm sure that we typically pivot to a little bit. I try to give credit to the, the, the authors or the people that present this content to me. I listened to a lot this morning. I was listening to a lot of Ed Milet and um, uh, Gary V are kind of my go-tos early in the morning, kind of both their narratives and their tone and their intensity usually gets me excited and ready for the day. And so that's kind of where I started with a little Andy Frisilla in there. Um, but there's uh, one thing that we I wanted to definitely start with, and it's a conversation we had yesterday with uh, a team I'm working with out here. Um, and most of the people that, you know, not most of the people, but people that would be listening to this, it would be, you know, probably some people that are associated or uh, tied in with that program. Although I know podcasts uh, have a far reaching thing. But one of the things we talked about yesterday with this group that we're working with, it's a local high school here that I've been very fortunate. It's run by an outstanding coach who's become a very good friend of mine. And it's uh, been a, a great privilege of mine over the last three or four months to just be with these young athletes, to to get to know them, to be connected with them, to be a part of their story, their journey, their progress, their development, uh, their success. Even though we are struggling right now in terms of wins and losses, um, it's been a very rewarding season. My background, for those that may not know, is in coaching um, basketball. I coached at the small college basketball level for maybe 14 years, was a head coach at a small university in Michigan for a year or so, and then got out of it and got involved in software. And I just give you that reference of, 13, 14 years as to that this year is as rewarding as any year. And we won a lot of games when I was um, coaching small college basketball, you know, 25, two small college national championships, uh, runners up, um, you know, many, many years ago. Right. But we were really good and we had really good kids and um, and uh, we had a great culture, great environment uh, and great young men that all bought into one another, bought into the vision of, of that program. And we were very fortunate with all that. Um, but I, and I say that even though we're not winning, um, much this year, um, it, you know, I don't let necessarily a record or scoreboard determine the success a group has. Um, it, and I just say that this has been a, a very rewarding season for me personally. Um, I have enjoyed these young men. I've enjoyed their development where, where we started, what we were doing. Um, you always start off any season, right? Any project, any, uh, any, um, new project, any goal, any initiative that your company might have. There's always this excitement, this enthusiasm, this um, togetherness that a team and a group might have on day one, right? And I remember speaking with this group when we started, and it was something I heard Roy Williams, the head coach at uh, the University of North Carolina years ago say to his basketball team on day one was, hey, this is as close as we will be. From here on out, we probably start to splinter. We start to ego sets in, um, blame sets in, uh, role set in, um, you know, jealousy sets in, um, all that starts to set in on day two, day three, day four, definitely after a first scrimmage and more so after a first game, right? You spend a month preparing for a season, uh, athletically, right. And everybody's got this great, these great, uh, ambitions. They've done all this great work in the off season. They have this vision on what their year might be as a you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, and you spend a month and then all of a sudden maybe your role isn't quite what you thought and you're really connected on day one. 
Um, everybody's got those goals and ambitions and hopefully systems in place to do great things. But then as you go into the first scrimmage, you go into game one and you have this, this great ambition and uh, vision for what your year may be. And after game one, you're sitting there saying, oh, I didn't get in. I didn't play. I didn't get the shots. I didn't uh, I wasn't in at that moment. Um, I didn't have plays called for me. Um, and then parents get involved and your friends get involved and your girlfriend or boyfriend gets involved. And all of a sudden you've got these voices, you know, you're better than so-and-so coach doesn't know what he's doing. So I just say that like, you know, this day one um, thing we had, like we were really close, but, and to circle back to my point to, to put a ribbon on that a little bit, it was the day one um, to where we were, this excitement that we had and everybody was working hard and everybody was really kind of buying into, and then you have these games and you start to splinter, right? And you start to fracture a little bit and you start to have those, you know, those adjectives of ego and blame and jealousy start to, uh, to start to kind of, you know, uh, choke your program. Right. And so when I say this has been as great a year that I've had in coaching, it's true because we've had that. But, but it's been great watching them come out of it. It's been really great. It has been, it has been significant in my development as a 50 year old watching these young men at, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, mature, understand, appreciate value, uh, that coaching, that leadership, that message, that, uh, that perspective on what elite teams, elite people and elite organizations do. Um, is that, you know, they're, they, they came out of it and they're still coming out of it. There's still obviously a lot of time, um, in our season to do great things, which we will. And even if uh, the record doesn't reflect it, these young men have done great things. So it's been a rewarding year, um, can, and hope to do this with other groups and continue to do it with this group. But I bring that up, uh, one, just to give this background, I guess, of what I've been up to. If you've listened to the old podcast, yes, it's been a year, right? I do plan on pushing this out to Instagram and out to LinkedIn and some other places so that you can, you know, recognize what's going on. Hopefully you can subscribe to it. I'm doing things a little different using different platforms, uh, different editing things. Like there's different technical, uh, there's a different technical backend to this podcast. So hopefully you'll uh, do me the favor of clicking subscribe and however that will work here moving forward and make sure, making sure we can get this on all the platforms that you can consume it. But today's, but today's lesson is a lesson message, I suppose, is to just give you that background, maybe of what we've been up to, what, what dead three is, what we hope to do with it. Um, please reach out to me if you have, uh, if you want to inquire about me speaking, um, about me coming out, working with your professional team, your business team, your uh, software coaching team. If you have co questions on agile software development, or if you also have any interest in, uh, in, in the athletic space as well. Right. Um, it's uh, where we're definitely headed in 2023. So appreciate that. Or if you know of anybody, if you want to share my information, share this podcast, that is always appreciated. But now that circles me back to what I said maybe 10 minutes ago is, you know, the conversation we had with this group. I wanted to give you the background on the group that we spoke with yesterday. And I, I really enjoyed this. And I would just say this, you know, I hope that you're fortunate in what you're doing, that you have great leadership, that you have a great a head coach, a great boss, a great AD, a great, you know, vice president of technology, a great VP of sales, right? That is, um, that, that gives you the opportunity to grow opportunity to make mistakes an opportunity to learn an opportunity to get the greatness out of you that is in you. 
right? Um, and I just say that because the group I am working with, we have that. These young men don't realize how how uh, fortunate they are to have the coach that they have, the head coach that they have. I and I am super uh, aware and fortunate of working with uh, you know uh, the head coach at the school that we're at right now. It's uh, been a great opportunity for me uh, to 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 learn. To, to see how a, a, an elite, and I would, I would say elite, I use that phrase a lot, um, but how an elite high school coach kind of works and how he mentors and how he loves and how he teaches and how he communicates and how he uh, levels up the players in his program. So it's been great for me to see that uh, with the program that I'm, that I'm working with. But, it, but it's also the idea that, man, he, this, this, uh, this coach has really let me come in and um, be me. And to help me to help him maybe build the environment, build the culture, raise the standards, create the standards, um, be uh, hold people accountable to have another person that is supporting the narrative and the, the vision that that he has for the program. Right. It's it's lonely as a leader, as a coach, as a vice president of whatever. Right. When you are on that hill alone, that's it's a lonely place. And if you're in the world of athletics where you are on that mountaintop alone, you are on there alone, right? And you've got players, maybe there's five or six that might be standing on the hill with you, but they're not standing with you at the top, but they're on the hill at least, right? But then you also sit there and say, you're, you're all alone at that top. You're the one taking the bullets. You're the one taking the criticism, right? And I, I, I went on a run this morning and was talking to myself about coaching and athletic coaching or, and just coaching in general. It doesn't have to be necessarily in the athletic space, but when you are making decisions that impact a larger community, a team, an organization, a school, right? And things don't work out, you lose or um, whatever may happen, right? And things don't go well. Like you, you are signing up for criticism. You are signing up for confrontation. You, you are signing up for people to say you suck. You are signing up for that. There's very few places where, if, if any, right, that that's not happening, right? Right now, you know, Duke University's got a brand new coach in John Shire, and he replaced Mike Krzyzewski. If you follow college basketball, Krzyzewski had been there 35, 36, 37 plus years, right? And now they've got a new young coach who's 33, 34. Now he's fortunate in that he played there. He's fortunate in that he's coached there and he's been a mentor, been mentored by Coach Krzyzewski. So he's all that, right? But they're 10 and three. They're 10 and three right now, 10 and three, which is a great record. But when I'm on Twitter, when I'm on these other places and the criticism that, and the bullets and the, uh, the negativity that gets thrown his way, right? You sign up to get crushed. You sign up to get crushed. I was reading stories about Ryan Day. I believe his first name's Ryan, but the head coach at Ohio State University, they lost his first year. I believe he just finished his second year. His first year, he loses to Michigan on the last. And Ohio State had not lost to Michigan in all of Urban Meyer's years. I don't believe they lost at all. So it may have been seven and eight and O, oh, seven or eight and O, oh, that Ohio State went on a run against Michigan, which is their rival. Right. So now Ryan Day takes over and he loses last year in his first year. And this year he loses his second year to Michigan and they destroyed him. And he makes the I believe somebody could correct me on this, but I without looking it up. But I don't remember. But I believe that last year and this year he may have made the final four. So he's in the top four. 
two years in a row, could potentially possibly be in the final four twice, and he's just getting crushed. So when you are a leader, when you are a coach, when you are a head coach or a VP, man, you are standing there alone. And I bring that up to say, man, it is great to have somebody that is there every day, that is loyal, hardworking, understanding, has the same message, same value, same vision, a shared vision, right? The same that is set by the head coach, right? And so that's been good for us in our program because it's, hey, like, I'm all on board, right? And whatever your mission, vision, values are, um, you have my support. So now you start to kind of build that army, right? Of people that, so when the bullets come, you know you're not there alone. Like there's nothing worse than being on that hill and maybe people are on the hill, but they're not at the top with you. And it's great when you've got somebody on that hill with you that's at the top with you, right? Ultimately, you you are the point of the spear, but having somebody there that you know uh, has your back and is supporting you. And the phrase we've always used in coaching is who who's working for you when you're not there, right? So when you're not there, man, there's people that are still building building that army for you, pe- people still supporting you, people still believing in you, people still uh, sharing your vision and uh, the outcomes and the, uh, the objectives on where this will be in six, eight, 12, 16 months down the road. So it's good to have that. Right. And so we're, we're sitting, right. And I, and I say that because uh, you know uh, the, uh, the coach is uh, a friend of mine named Pat. So uh, Pat and I are talking on this uh, on a text thread. And I was, I was really, this, this is what we've done professionally. This is not an athletic thing. This is what I think if you're listening to this and you're not interested in athletics, hopefully you are. Um, but if you're in athletics or if you're running a, a software team, if you're running an IT shop or you're running a place that sells shoes or you're running a Home Depot or whatever it might be, right? If you're running these organizations and you were to bring me in, if you were to say, hey, I need your perspective on our culture environment and, uh, and um, the, the vibe and energy and feel of our organization, one of the first things we would without question do is we've got to figure out where you stand. I, I believe this other than just observing, right? But when you're observing an organization, if a basketball group brought me in and said, hey, I need you to evaluate our basketball program, right? Not in terms of X's and O's and strategy, but just culture dynamics, team togetherness, team dynamics, um, you know, suffering, shared suffering and shared ownership and all these things like that, right? But when you observe it, right, what you're kind of looking for is where does this program, what do they stand on? What do they stand on, right? And the conversation we had with these young athletes yesterday, and, I, and I'm, I'm getting to this, and I'll try not to be too long-winded. I'm 22 minutes in. But the conversation we had was a year ago. They're playing in a summer league game, and I see something on Instagram for, uh, that is that our pitcher's taken of either a player and his Instagram or it was the team and their Instagram, right? But one of these pitchers said the St. Charles way or the West way or something like that, right? And that that caught my attention, right? Because the way, how we do things, what what we do, how we do it, what's expected of us, um, how we treat, like all that sort of stuff, right? Like, and I'm sitting there going from an outsider. I don't know. Like, I'm a fan of this program, a a big fan, super fan, right? Um, You know, go to every game, go to, you know, uh, and even when I wasn't involved, I'd go to as many practices as I could. And I just sit there and watch because I just enjoy uh, the local school, the local community, the, the the kids that are supporting the community and the school and was just kind of all in on it. Right. But I even I sat there and said, I'm not sure what that means. Like, what does that mean? And you ask them and they're like, not sure. Right. So it's the same thing in, a, in an IT organization or a professional organization. What do you stand on? 
If you say this is the way, this is how we do things. This is the the famous footwear way, the Home Depot way, the the lifetime fitness way. What does that mean? Right? And um, you should be able to say that as a leader. As a leader, you should say, I can tell you exactly what the Home Depot way is, the Lowe's way is, right? The Tubby's Bar and Grill way is, right? I could tell you what we stand on and the values and the foundation and the standards uh, of what this organization is all about, right? I can say that. Right. So what we did and, and, and Pat and I, when we were kind of talking about this was what, you know, those are the values. Those are the values of the organization, of the team, of the program. And it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, of, of athletics. Right. And I have a friend that runs a company called the Values Connection here in St. Louis and a great, great, um, great man. It's been a long time since I have visited with him. He's been on my prior podcast and I really appreciated his uh, mentoring to me. Um, and perspective that he gave. If so, you know, I guess that's a plug for him. Go look up the values conversation uh, here in St. Louis um, and and that, and the plug for Tubby's Bar and Grill right here in St. Louis, right? Or here in St. Charles, right? So some plugs there for you. But what was great about, uh, what, what is great about um, the gentleman that runs the values conversation is when he goes into organizations, it's all about the foundation. It's all about that uh, what, how a program, how an organization, how a company is built and the values that they stand on and the values of the leaders, the values of the CEO, whatever it might be. Right. So we, we came up with talking about what, how can we create, or what are the values? What do we want this program to stand on? What are the absolutes? So that five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, when somebody says, what is the West way for this example, Right. Or what is the Lowe's way? Or what is the plug your company name in there, right? What is their way that you can immediately say, I know we're built on these four to five things. And we don't move off of that foundation. We do not move off of those blocks ever, right? So that is something that we do. So I like, the, I like acronyms. I like like this word. Um, and I like to always tie it to the organization. So it's easy, right? And it's very easy for where I'm at and where I'm helping and where I'm um, in the program that I'm supporting this year, right? Um, is there, there, they, it is St. Charles West. It is West, West, W-E-S-T. Couldn't be easier. Couldn't be easier. There's the acronym. So what is West, right? And do this with your organization. I did this where I'm currently working um, just kind of by my own, even though it's not the values necessarily of the organization, but they're the values that I would try to bring to myself and the teams that I coach, right? Uh, the teams that I coach where uh, at the company I'm currently at, right? But West is easy. It's four words, right? So we went through it. We pulled everybody around at the end of practice two days ago, right? And what we did was we, usually we go to center circle, right? So that's just kind of a phrase that we use. We blow the whistle and we say, hey, everybody claps it up. And we say, get to the center circle. This time though, as they came into the center circle, we pulled them to the side. I said, hey, I want everybody to circle up over there in the corner, around the word West because West is in gray. It's painted on the baselines of both baselines on the basketball court in this gym. So we go and we, we park ourselves and we circle these young athletes around West. And I tell them that story. Hey, so-and-so, I remember seeing you on Instagram and I remember you having this shirt. And I remember being confused about exactly what that meant. Do you know, or what is what you would say the same thing that he would say, that he would say, that he would say, or that the coach would say, or even that your parents would say, right? 
is that value message, is that value stream, is that value feel and that, that, that value uh, accountability right there, right? And those standards of those values, is that, is that broadcasted out to your entire team, program, uh, school, community, families? Like, does everybody know, right? So, um, and they couldn't answer that, right? And I, I don't know if I actually gave them an opportunity to answer because it was just kind of known. Like, yep, yeah, we don't. We don't. We know that we might do this or we might do this or we might do this, right? So it's the same thing in any organization. Can you sit there in, in your business and say, our team is built on this or our company is built on this and here are the four or five things that are absolutes, right? And, and I'm going to get to the point of accountability to all this, right? But the one thing that we talked about was what do these acronyms mean and how they impact them and how, and how can we make it visible, meaningful, purposeful, driven, driven to action uh, and kind of grade check on each of them, right? So it's very easy. We went to the W. The W for us is going to mean work. And everything is actually twofold. It's going to mean work and winning, right? So work. We've got to have an unrelenting work ethic, work habits, um, work desires, right? We've got to beat our bed, right? And here I got it written down right here that um, I, I forget the gentleman's name that said this this morning. Um, but um, it was from an episode with Ed Milet this morning. But he said, some of you love to sleep more than you love success. Some of you love sleep more than you love success. What we told our young athletes um, a bit ago, and this would follow not just for our young athletes, this falls for anybody that is into like personal development and getting, getting your tail going every single morning. But there's a, there's a game played every morning. And the game is usually done by 7 or 8 o'clock a.m. And you either, your bed wins or you win every single day. The young athletes that we work, work out with and the young athletes that we're developing, right? That, that game is played probably around 5.30, 5.45. That the winner or losers, because I know that the gym is open at six. What are your goals, ambitions, and dreams? And how do you want to achieve those dreams? And I know if you want to achieve those dreams, athletically your athletic dreams then i know a couple things you got to be in the weight room you got to be in the gym or you got to be studying right and i think the habit of teaching young athletes and young men and young ladies the habit of getting up and being undefeated against your bed is a great uh is, is a great strategy for young uh young athletes to have right? Uh, that you could sit there and say every day, like, yeah, I beat my bed every day. So this is some of you love sleep more than you love success. And I, again, I forget the gentleman that uh, said that this morning when I wrote it down, right? So, but we have to have an unrelenting work ethic, right? And coupled with that is we got to be winning. Now, don't take that the wrong way of scoreboard winning. When we talk to our athletes about this and what we do professionally and some of the conversations I've had with professional professionals, vice presidents, executives. It's the idea that we just got to make sure we have a winning effort and you got to identify winning, right? So it is identifying winning. What's winning? Well, it's getting this release out the door by May 1st. It's having this many sales in Q1 of 2023 and that those, and set your goals, figure out what winning is. I think you need to know what winning is for everything you're doing. What is winning? I know what my winning is for the week. I know what my winning is for today. I know what my winning is professionally for this quarter. I, I know that it's written down in my planner. I have my planner right here in front of me, January, 2023. It's a quarterly planner. Uh, my third plug of the day is the 
full focus planner that you can get on Amazon, right? Um, so like th those quarterly goals that you have, you've got to figure out what winning is on all that. And then you got to break it down how you can get your wins. Like I know it's January 3rd right now. And I know that I've got two wins under my belt. I know I won on the first and I won on the second and I'm on pace to win today. There's some things that I still have to do, but even if, even with young athletes, I don't want it to be a thing of the scoreboard, my team, the team I'm helping our team, right? The team I'm working with right now, we have a three and eight record. We've lost a whole bunch of games by five points. So we were not able to really finish games right now, which is fine. Right. Um, but they're winning the effort. Now we haven't always been winning. We haven't always been winning, but we have been winning recently. Effort, attitude, body language, connected togetherness, desire, work ethic, um, you know, service to one another, like, and, and adjustments that these young men have had has been significant and impressive, right? So we're winning, right? We're giving a winning effort and attitude. Now we've got a game tonight. We lose tonight. It doesn't matter. Right. Yes, we we need to win. And that the feeling of winning and, and all the work that we're putting in towards the scoreboard, that's important. hundred percent. Right. At the end of the day, you can't just feel good about getting close to selling shoes. You got to sell shoes. Right. You just can't get close to it and say, well, you know, I had good attitude and body language, but your livelihood depends on you actually selling things and winning. So you do got to identify that. But we also want to focus on the effort that's involved in being a winner. Right. So the work ethic and the winning is the W for our program. That's the, that's the W in West. So when those young men, when their families, when they see a W, they need to say, Hey, my kid's going to be, or I am going to be, or my son or daughter is going to be driven to work. They are going to develop over the next four to five years, an uncompromising, unapologetic, unrelenting work ethic. And how can we support that? That it would be a value. That would be a standard. And then we hold them accountable to it and also a winning effort, right? So the E in our uh, little acronym here is energy. And it's really threefold, energy, enthusiasm. Um, and I forget the third one, right? So this energy, this enthusiasm uh, for what we're doing, right? You know, you've all heard the, the phrase of nothing great is accomplished without enthusiasm, right? So you need to have this uncompromising enthusiasm, this, um, you know, it doesn't matter to be embarrassed about the energy, that's the third, third E, right? Energy and enthusiasm and uh, of just getting after it, of bringing some juice. And that's the phrase that we use. You got to bring some juice every day to what you're doing, how you're doing it. And that ends up moving to other people. Now, if you are the best salesperson in your company and everybody looks to you for leadership and for that energy and juice, you got to bring it every day. We, we say in our program, the three people that have to bring juice every day, energy and, and enthusiasm are the head coach, the best player and your point guard, right? That's what we say athletically. But so it's the same thing professionally for whatever you're doing professionally, you need to make sure that the leader, the head coach, the person in charge, person calling the shots, the tip of the spear, better bring some juice every day, better bring some enthusiasm, better be positive every day. But your energy and enthusiasm is, is contagious to everybody else in your organization. As you start 2023, Man, I hope you didn't start today, the day, first day back to work and busting everybody up, right? I hope that you would bring some enthusiasm, some energy, some focus, some winning and, and some work on what we're going to accomplish over the next 90 days, this first quarter. This is what it's going to look like. This is how we're doing it. This is what you should be excited about, right? This is it. And get everybody to feed off that juice that you bring every day. 
And we need to do that with, with our entire basketball and athletic program. We're going to bring some juice every day. We're going to bring it as a coach, as coaches, and we're going to work hard and we're going to have a winning effort and attitude. And we're going to bring it every day. And we're going to have this uh, uncompromising uh, energy to what, to uh, the organization and to one another. Right. So that's really big. So we got the W and the E, the S is really important to us. Right. And I've seen it and I've seen it in um, language and I've seen it in action. And I saw it yesterday. Right. It's it's amazing watching young men grow. It's amazing watching them develop. It's amazing watching young men, athletes, young ladies, whomever buy in. And it's not just you could say it's not just athletes. Right. It's amazing seeing that out of a 40-year-old to pivot, to get better, to contribute at a very higher level, to bring value that's off the scale, right? Um, it's, 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 so, it's, so, it's so amazing to see that transformation when people are coached and led and accountable and buy in and move to greatness and which moves the company and the organization and the product and the basketball team to greatness, right? And so the S for us is service service to service and support, right? So the, you know, lots of, a uh, couple W's, couple E's, couple S's, right? Work and winning and energy and enthusiasm and service and support, right? Service to one another, service to the mission, service to the community, service to the young kids in our program, service to our, our family, service, just service to one another, like the servant leadership that everybody's heard about um, and is talking about and is the buzzword in the in the in the world right now that you have this great service to one another. So when you do this professionally, you're sitting around saying, man, how can our group serve one another at a deeper level? How can we understand what everybody's going through, what they may need? Here's a phrase that you should all write down if you're taking notes, right? What do you need and how can I help? How can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I help you get to the next level of your greatness? We, we talk about that, man. Everybody's got greatness in them. Everybody's got this greatness in them that needs to be coached out and needs to be pushed out to help you level up to your next next level of greatness. You've got many levels of, I'm 49 years old, right? And hopefully I've got many levels of greatness and hopefully I've got great mentors that will level me up to the next level of my greatness, right? Hopefully I've got a community, an army of support around me that cares enough about me to hold me accountable to my next level of greatness, right? Whatever that might be, right? So service, service to that, service to that. And, and, and the coach I work with yesterday, the conversation was really about service to this community service. And it is definitely a service to one another, but it's this service to seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds that want to be them, that look up to them, that come to games to support them, that Man, when they come by and get water and they high five them, man, does that mean something? It's also the person that's going to work at MasterCard for the first time in February. And somebody that's been around, you know, sits down with them and talks with them and asks them their goals and ambitions and desires and where they want to be in five years and what that might mean. Right. That's significant. Right. That's significant to have those uh, those relationships and those connection points happen. Right. So. The, the service and support, right, of, hey, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to support you with whatever you're doing. I believe in you. I'm all in. I, I, I pushing, I'm pushing all my chips to the middle of the table as it comes to you and your development, and I'm here to support you, right? I think that, like, if we just had our group 
do those things. If they had an, uh, an unrelenting work ethic, if they were had this great energy and enthusiasm, and if they served one another to the highest level without anything without anything that they want back, right? It wasn't transactional. So I've spent a time over the break taking notes on transactions versus uh, transformation, right? And this idea of a transaction is, hey, I want something, you want something, let's go. As opposed to this transformation of, hey, I'm here to support you. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you. I don't need anything, right? I'm just here to help you get to your next level of greatness and you have it in you and I see it in you and I'm going to challenge you to reach it and here, what do you want? Um, so those are, those are things, man. If we just did that professionally where I'm currently working, other places I've worked, right? Other companies I've observed, other companies I've been asked to come in and observe. Man, if we just did those two things, three things, right? But then the, the, the fourth thing is the T in West, right? Um, that is our T is for toughness. And since there's two for everything, it's a toughness and a togetherness, right? Um, there's a phrase in coaching. I don't remember who said it, where I got it from. I steal a lot of my stuff from Don Meyer, who was a, a legendary coach at Lipscomb University. And I, and I consume a lot of his content still. Um, but it was this, you know, um, I lost my train of thought for a second. But the, the togetherness that you have, right, um, is got to be one of the most important things um, that, that you can do as an organization. It's this toughness. And it's this togetherness. So there's, you know, we kind of got two for everything on that. But the the T for us is the toughness is not a physical. It is a physical toughness. It's like, man, we've got to be physically tough, right? But I, I saw a quote today from the head football coach at Baylor, I believe. Um, and it, uh, maybe Baylor a few years ago. So the guy left Baylor as the football coach. And I believe he went to Carolina I believe he may have got fired from Carolina, um, Carolina Panthers in the NFL. And I believe, boy, he landed somewhere. He got a big, in Nebraska. I believe he landed at Nebraska. I don't know how I can remember all this, but can't remember Tuesday's trash day, right? But his thing was this toughness that you've got to have is not necessarily just a, a toughness is doing what you should be doing when you should be doing it, how you should be doing it, doing it that way every time. That's a phrase uh, those those terms that I just use are what we use or what I use for discipline, right? But he's using it for toughness. That's not exactly what he said, but it's kind of the theme of what he said, right? So our toughness, yes, it needs to be physical. We need to be physically tough and 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 get after people and be physical, right? And but it's also the hey, I'm gonna I need to do I need to get up at five forty five. Like that's a tough decision that needs to be made. I need to get into the office at actually next time. I need to make. 20 phone calls. I need to go talk to this person. I need to call and get feedback from this person when I know the feedback is, uh, is not going to suit me well or make me feel well, but it's going to make me grow and get better. Right. So I need to uh, have a, a, a very, you know, you don't need to be that physical to have a huge level of toughness. You know, we've got a young man on our team that grew up and I might not get his story totally correct. Right. But he grew up in the Philippines, was born in the Philippines to a family that is American that was working as a missionaries, I believe in the Philippines, he was born there. He comes here, you know, there one, there's just a toughness to that, right? There's, there's a, there's a toughness every day to that, right? Where it's normal to him. Right. Um, but then they move here and now, and the toughness portion of this is when I'm in the gym at 6am, he's there, he's always there. And he's the only one that's always there. Now, work ethic, winning effort, 
service to one another because I know what he's doing when he's there. He's serving other people. His parents are missionaries or, you know, crazy service, obviously, that he's seen throughout his entire uh, growing up. Right. Um, and he's got uh, this great toughness to him, even though he may not physically be our toughest person. He's mentally really strong and mentally really tough and mentally really driven by goals and ambitions and dreams and desires, right? To wake up every day and not make excuses, but to get there, right? And there's other people that do that, um, but he's the one that comes to mind, right? So that's the toughness. The other one is just togetherness, right? That, that we are, that we support one another, we serve one another, and we're always together, even when it gets bad. Even when it gets terribly bad, when we're down 20 or we lost a sale or we lost a release or a release isn't a, a month late that we're always bound together. There's no blame. There's no ego. There's no finger pointing. There's no, you know, uh, taking away people's parking spots. There's no, there, there's nothing. This is a, we thing. This is us being together. This is us problem solving together. This is us getting something out the door together. This is us selling something together. This is us winning or losing basketball games together. So when we're done, when we grow, when we learn, when we become better versions of ourselves, when we get to our next level of greatness, we can always look back and say that organization, that group, that group of young men, young ladies, that group of professionals, whomever it might be, that's the best group I've ever been around. Those are the best people I've ever been around. Those are the people that cared the most. Those are the people that got me to my next level of greatness. And we may have missed things. We may have dropped the ball on certain things. We may not have gotten sales on certain things, but we were always together. We always worked together. We always had a high level of toughness. Um, and togetherness. And because of that, it was the best organization, best group, best team, best company I've ever been a part of. Right. So that was a, and what we did was we just talked about those values. Those are four values that are important to us that now, if we were to say, what's that mean? What's the St. Charles West way mean? I can say, I'll tell you exactly what it means. It means that we work our tails off. It means that every day we show up with a winning effort, winning attitude, even if the scoreboard doesn't reflect it. It means that every single day I'm going to wake up and bring energy, not only to what we do on the basketball floor, but what we do in the classroom, what we do in the community, what we do for one another. It also means we're going to serve each other. Every single day I'm going to wake up and look for opportunities to serve and to help people. And we're also going to be tougher than everybody else. We're going to be tougher mentally, physically, and, and we're going to also always be together in everything we do. So you want to know what the St. Charles West way is? That is it. That's everything we do. What, what other questions might you have? Right. And the kids didn't even know this. Like it was the thing of yesterday. We talked about it when I got to the S and we were talking about serving. And there, there are two young men in our program that are really good. And I love them. I think they're outstanding young men with great futures ahead of them. They had to figure out the West way. They really did. They had to figure out what this was all about and they are, but it was interesting. These are young men that we've really tried to get buy-in from. And it's not, a, it's not a them thing. It's an organizational thing across the board of what you're, where you're trying to get buy-in from new people or old people that have been around that say, well, we've never done it that way. That's not how we've done it. And we're not doing it that way. Eh. New management, new coach, new leadership, new VP, new CTO. Okay, I get it. The narrative's changed. Here's our vow. Well, we've never done it that way. Well, well all right, we got to get Johnny, Sally, Joey, Bobby, and Jimmy all ready to buy in. So that's coaching, that's leadership, that's sale, that's selling, right? And so we have these two young gentlemen in our program that are buying it. Like they're really buying in now. It's phenomenal watching this transformation. But I look at them yesterday when we talk about the S and we know what the S is, serving and, and, um, and, and support of one another, right? 
And this is what I observed. I, and I, the group is maybe 20, 20 big. And I look at them and I say, a couple of you have already done this. In the last 15 minutes, some of you have already done this, serving and supporting the program. And it's okay to say, coach, I did this. But everybody, 20 of them were quiet, silence. Nobody said a word. And I pointed at one of them because this was the conversation. And it's all subtle things. You need to acknowledge, recognize the behaviors and applaud publicly the behaviors that you want to see replicated, no matter how small in building a team, no matter how small. So the idea was we were finishing. We were at the center circle, like I mentioned earlier. We were getting ready to just do some shooting for about 15 minutes. We have a game today. This was practice yesterday. And the young athlete, young man said, um, hey, coach, what time do you want us here? Coach, uh, coach says, hey, we need you here at 545. And he pauses and he says, well, what time does JV play? JV plays at 4.30. Coach, I think we should get here at 4.30 and watch a JV play. This is the varsity guy saying this. One varsity guy saying this, right? Like he didn't pick up that that's serving. Nobody else did, right? One person saying one thing. So I, I looked at him. I was like, you said 15 minutes ago, coach, what time does JV play? I think we should be here for that game to support them. Boom, boom, huge. Didn't even recognize it. This is a new, new young athlete to our program that's learning the way, the way, how we do things, how we talk, how we communicate, how we uplift, how we support. That's great, right? The other young uh, gentleman that we have in our program, phenomenal, phenomenal guy. But buy-in has been, been, been difficult, been rough, but it's been awesome watching the development, right? And so I put away a shooting machine yesterday, if you know what that is. Like it's this big machine that you put underneath a basket and you can shoot as many shots as you want. We were using it for practice. So I put the machine away, but there was still a cord hanging out. The cord to plug in the shooting machine was still on the floor, all the way across the floor as we were getting ready to shoot. And for the first time I've ever seen this uh, athlete, he picked it up and he started wrapping it around his arms, came up to me and held it over to me. And I saw it happen from the get. And I was like, he wouldn't have done that two weeks ago. So he's buying in it, but then you have to recognize it, acknowledge it and pat him on the back and give him a hug and say, man, you're changing. Right. And it's not, it, it's not, it's not about our basketball team. It's about him as a young man. It's about building the team, the culture, the environment of work ethic, of winning, of support and service and energy and enthusiasm and toughness and togetherness. Like just him doing that one, never having done it that I've seen one, never caring about it ever that I've seen to now doing it and being one of our best end up being a senior. Now you're sitting around going, things are changing. Things are changing. Things are getting better. Now, basketball stories, absolutely. Professional stories, absolutely, right? But my encouragement to leadership and to coaches and to people out there that are running and building teams is how much, how, how aware are you to your, what are your values? How aware to them are you? Do you recognize them when they are, um, when, when they are done, when, when people execute upon them, do you, do, because those are the habits you want, man. I, I want my freshman to see my senior, arguably one of our better players, maybe arguably one of the better players around serving, supporting togetherness, a toughness of 6am and of beating his winning the game of 
my the getting up versus the bed winning right so like that those are important lessons so the other thing that, that we will talk about and then and, and I'll kind of wrap it up I didn't know I'd go this long would be once you know your values and standards once you know what they are and once you're settled upon them like I think we're settled upon these there might be some adjustments it's easy for us we play tonight like I've mentioned we're playing at home which means we're wearing white when we wear our white uniforms, our jerseys say West. That's cool. That's really cool. Because now when they walk out there, if they're bought in, if they know, and they sit there and say, I know exactly where we stand and what we stand on, right? But once you figure all that out and you're you're figuring out your culture and you figure out your values and what you stand on and where you're going, and then the second part is holding people accountable. Really holding people accountable to those values to, Hey, this is how we do things. Like, like we just don't not work. We don't sit in the back of the room. We don't not bring energy. We don't not support one another. Like those are things we don't do. This is what we do. So then you hold people accountable to it. I, I listened to a podcast this, uh, the past day or so called the um, order of man. Uh, the gentleman that runs that podcast is phenomenal, right? Um, and I can't remember his name, unfortunately, and I don't have the book right in front of me. Um, he's this ultra, ultra guy that did an ultra marathon guy, ultra Ironman kind of guy. Um, his name will probably pop into my head. But essentially what he said is, you've got to be ready for confrontation if you're going to hold people accountable. That, that comes with being, that comes with holding people accountable. Confrontation. This is what we do. This is how we do it. This is what we all agreed to. You said, I, I, I told you this is what we do in terms of values. This is where we stand. If you don't buy into those things, then we got problems. And I'm going to hold you accountable to it. And when you don't do it, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to be very professional about this. But at some point, I may blow my top. Because you, I, it's, I am, you hold me accountable to getting you to your next level of greatness professionally. So it's it's also one just being cool. Hey, you know what, George, you said you'd be running, you know, six days a week and you really haven't been doing that. You've only run twice. Right. And you do that for a couple of weeks. Then at some point, like, hey, is this really what you want to be doing? Because you want me to hold you accountable, then I'm going to chew your ass out. Or it's not that important to you. Like, let's just let's move on. Let's move on. Like, this isn't what you want. No, it's really what I want. Really what? Well, then you need to get your ass in gear. Right. Because this isn't working. Right. We need to change our habits, routines and rituals every single morning or what day throughout the day to get you to where you're aligned with the values and standards of whatever you want. Right. Um, and that comes with confrontation, right? And I'm not great at confrontation, but when I heard that, that really resonated with me that it's okay. It's okay. Confrontation's okay. If we all agree to the standards, if we all agree to the values, then the, confrontation is okay. Now the confrontation can't be where there's not a connection, where there's not trust and there's not love. They're really, you know, then it makes it tough. I can have confrontations with my kids all day long because at the end of the day, my kids know I love them. At the end of the day, they know that they can trust me. At the end of the day, they know I'm trying to get them to the next level of greatness. If it's somebody off the street, right? If it's somebody I've never worked with before, if it's somebody that doesn't want me to hold them account, well, then that's a tougher deal, right? That's why these coaches, this transfer portal, all this stuff that's going on in college athletics, man, that's a tough deal to build a culture. 
I have a friend that coaches division one basketball and he's bringing, he brings in a number of players from the portal and all that, because he's got it, you know, he's got to find uh, the, the, you know, the great players that can really help him move the needle and all that. But what a rough gig it must be to where you're trying to build a culture and environment in this, these values and to hold people accountable to these values when, man, I don't like, I don't even know these kids or they don't even know me. Right. So you, you, you've got to quickly build that culture, build that team, and you've got to quickly get that connection to where you can get to that accountability with confrontation with, you know, maybe confrontations, not, but with a trusted, with valued, with trusted confrontation, with valued confrontation, right? Maybe that's the better way to phrase it. Confrontation definitely seems negative and rub on rub and all that, but maybe trusted, like trusted and valued um, confrontation is a better phrase, right? So listen, that's an hour. I didn't think we'd go an hour on our first episode, but I do enjoy this. I've got notes here. could talk for days on a number of things, right? Um, but do this for me. If you made it this far, I appreciate you listening. Dead three. It's uh, dead three coaching leadership and development. It's a new brand. It's all dead three. I told you the story at the start of the, the episode about what dead three is, what it means to me, what we're trying to do with it. Um, it is not just basketball related. It's not just youth related. It's professional related. It's going out and doing some public speaking. It's going out and talking with executives. It's working with agile teams. It's working with agile coaches. It's working in the safe software. That's my niche. That's what I do for a living. It's what I do for a living. I coach professional teams for a living in the software development space and have done consulting on that for years and, um, and do it professionally now uh, for, for, for a good company here in St. Louis. So happy to have that conversation. I will be dripping this out as well on LinkedIn. I'll be posting this on LinkedIn. Um, this is my first episode, so I wouldn't think that it's going to be picked up immediately by Apple, by Google, by Spotify. I'm still figuring all that out, but we'll get it. Um, I'm committed to it. This is a lot of fun. I enjoy this conversation, even though it's just a conversation with myself, but please share this, like this, like it, reshare it on uh, Instagram, reshare it on LinkedIn if you can. That is how this will grow. And this is how we'll be able to do and have an amazing 2023. So that, you know, the S of service and support, man, if you could do anything and just support me in this initiative that I've carved out for 2023, I've got some stories on my next podcast. I'd like to talk about with my word of the year and how that came to me and uh, how I'm trying to uh, create action on that word. Um, so that would be episode two. Um, but listen, if you made it this far, I appreciate it. Please share it. Please like it and uh, uh, appreciate you getting this far. Thank you.